Pelotero Pickle, episode 85. Roki Sasaki is the best pitcher on the planet. Joe Madden likes walking guys with the base loaded. And Vlad Jr. is the best and worst player ever. Check it out. Pelotero Pickle, episode 85. Before we get started, a reminder, send us emails at Send us your tweets at Pelotero Pickle. Send us feedback, questions, thoughts, concerns, anything you got, let us know. Episode 85 is we got a lot of baseball stories. We got some basketball stories. We got some golf stories. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful. That's all. Just bringing I don't that care energy how today? you are. Yeah, I don't care how you are. I, I'm good. No, I just want to go, man. I just want to go. Do you have any uh, rental car debacles nope. you want no stories nothing. to share? Easter's over. There's no more holidays for a while. I am excited. Nobody's going to come to my house to eat meals. It's great. It's maybe the weather will warm up eventually. All those things are in play. I, we still have. It's still not warm in New England. So, well, I think yesterday was the first day of summer in Texas. It's uh, every day is now going to be in the mid to upper 80s into the 90s. Summer's here. Spring was three weeks. There's no scenario in which 90 is worse than 30. So I'll take 90 every day. I don't care. Yeah, I, I had a, a, a FaceTime call with family yesterday in Massachusetts, and they were like, it snowed today. And I was like, well, our kids are in the little inflatable pool because it's so hot out. I'm freezing right now. As I yeah, sit here, tough. I am freezing. And I can't turn my damn heater on because producer Patrick's going to get mad that the buzzing sound is going to happen. And I just don't like it. I want to be outside. I want to take my shirt off. You can do those things. You'll just be cold. All right, let's jump into topics. Topic number one, Roki Sasaki. We mentioned him last week because he threw a perfect game. First perfect game in a long time. He His follow-up outing was another eight innings of perfect pitching. Nobody's reached base on him in 17 consecutive innings. How long until somebody from MLB buys his rights and he's here? 17 perfect innings in a row is pretty impressive. Why are Japanese names so much cooler than American names? They probably say that about us. I don't think so. They're like, there's oh, no please, way somebody's going. Bello. No, there's no way a guy. <laughs> Which is Italian. So. Name Hiroshi Kamikaze Tanaka is going, oh, John Murphy's a cooler name than this. There's no way. No, Murph, if you're listening, and I didn't I didn't even mean to use John Murphy. I, it's just a very American John Murphy, you know, simple name. There's a million John Murphys. There can't be, are two people named the same thing in Asia at all, ever? Or no? There's no chance. I would imagine, I would imagine that, yes, there's probably a last name like Smith there. Like, is Suzuki Smith? Well, he's Sasaki. So, Suzuki. I said, is Suzuki. Suzuki is like a bike company, and also Ichiro's last name is Suzuki. But he ha- he got to p- have Ichiro on his jersey, which is even cooler. Like he didn't have to have Suzuki. He got he- it's like the reverse. Anyway, is he the first one to have that? Is he the only person ever to have the first name on the back of the jersey? It's pretty cool. That's like pretty baller status if you can get Major League Baseball to do something like that. Did you see he threw or a just first pitch a in full of- uni? By the way, uh, JUCO Bandit. Hot seat, you. Ichiro threw 93.2 miles per hour. 
the uh, Eric Sims, he, the Juco Bandit, he made this big video. He went to a spring training game through like 87 or something like that. He was like, he hyped it all up, wanted to hit 90, didn't. Ichiro comes out, he's 58 years old. He's just doing a couple arm circles, and he throws 93. So what a specimen that guy is. He's not 58. He's like 50, I think. But I hit, hot a, seat, I hit 80 on the gun the other day. 80? On my seventh throw. Did your arms tingle after that? I've never had arm problems. I don't. I don't know what an arm problem is. I learned how to throw naturally. Let's you get first base also. Yeah, let's get to the to the point of the story. The Sasaki guy's nasty. He's got a good split finger, and the reason why is because he's all kinds of arms and legs. So you see him when he throws it, and he uh, it's like on you, and then it's a splitty, and then it just stops. So that's you end up swinging more at motion than you do at the pitch. So when somebody's Which is got a problem a, when the guy throws hard. Yeah. It's a big problem. When somebody's got a plus secondary pitch, you just pick one or the other, right? It's just, let's make it simple. You're not going to hit both. Uh, and again, the challenge with hitting the splitter is you got to get the ball up. If you swing at it like it's a fastball, then you swing over it. So just pick one. I'd probably get two hits. Whatever. You're you're very much on the record that you rake Japanese pitchers. Yeah, Asian guys. I, there's something about all Asians, they, not just Japanese. Yeah, Tanaka, Kuroda. Uh, there was a low guy I hit a grand slam off of. Are there uh, any? Are there any uh, any pitchers you don't rake? Oh yeah, Anibal Sanchez, kryptonite. He could he could just... give up tw- he could give up twelve and I'm out. Miguel Gonzalez out. Chris Sale, David Price out. Even though they're both in the books, but to to be to just to clarify, Asian pitchers have a more methodical, slower. I don't know what it is. Did I ever tell the story on the show? I never tell the story about Kuroda when we faced Kuroda at home. So the the funny thing was, I'd just gone back up to the Twins, and I was I'd faced a Korean guy, a Taiwanese guy, and a and a two Japanese guys in AAA that year, and I was like 14 for 19. It was stupid. It was just off the charts. So we're getting Kuroda, and I just got called back up to the Twins, and I had a broken thumb, or, well, torn nerve in my thumb. And Brunansky comes down to the cage, and he looks at me and Eduardo Nunez and Eduardo Escobar, so an all-Latin hitting group, because I'm Latin too, because I can be. And he goes to Eddie and Eddie, he goes, hey, you guys good with Kuroda? You got him? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, puppy, yeah, yeah. Because they just didn't care. They were like, I'm going to rake anyway. And then he comes over to me and he says, uh, he goes, Bell. He used to call me Bell, which is weird. He goes, you got him? And I go, it doesn't matter. And he goes, what do you mean it doesn't matter? And I was like, it doesn't matter. And he's looking at me funny and I'm trying to just, you know, be serious. And I go, Bruno, I rake Asians. And he looks at, and then I went, and I smiled, and I, I was like, "Doesn't matter what he throws," because he started going to. It's like I'm just gonna kill this guy. First at bat, double. Next at bat, homer. Came in the dugout, shrugged my shoulders. I said, "Dumb, I told you, I don't know why. It's like the pause or something. It's just methodical windups, high leg kicks. Just let me get in, in rhythm. It's I should have just gone to Asia to play. I would have been the new Sadahara O probably." Probably. It, unless I face this Sasaki guy. Maybe not. Yeah, this guy's pretty good. 
I probably uh, had two singles though. The other the other perfect game story this week was Clayton Kershaw. He threw, I believe, seven innings, eighty pitches against the Twins. Yanked, uh, old baseball mad, new baseball happy. Um, Jeff Passan with an interesting tweet saying he thought Kershaw should have stayed in because he's the best pitcher of his generation. Never had a perfect game. Blah blah blah. That was interesting from him. That was the most interesting one I saw for all the Twitter banter. Uh, thoughts on Kershaw getting pulled in the seventh after seven with only 80 pitches. Perfect games don't grow on trees, right? There have been 23 of them in the history of baseball. Is that right? I believe it's in that ballpark, 20, 23. Just over 20, yeah. Just go. I don't. The, the, we're trying to put so much emphasis on this predictive model that people's arms are going to blow up if they do this, that, and the other thing. Now, the thing that kind of pissed me off, and I, I respect the heck out of Clayton Kershaw, so he, he's allowed to think, say, and feel whatever he wants. At the end of the day, it's his career. Um, and this is probably why I don't like takes like this, because the dude has to do it. It's not my perfect game. But from a historical baseball context, just go chase that thing, man. They just don't happen every day. The difference between 80 and 100 or 110 is not going to be your career. It's not going to be your arm. It's not going to be your body. We're, we're trying to put players in a box, and we're assuming that we know what is right for every individual player based on some arbitrary objective measurement of how much stress and volume and wear and tear there is. And it's just... I think it's it's harmful to the game because then when great things have a possibility of happening, I think this is part of what the generation's missing is just the historical context of how important certain moments are and and how impactful they can be on the on the game itself. And I don't know, I hated it, but it's not again. I wasn't the one throwing it. So Kershaw said in an interview he thought it was the right decision to take him out and. Again, you're talking about a guy who's a World Series champion, is thrown no hitter, has done basically everything you could do. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, right? And maybe for him it doesn't mean as much. Maybe it does. I, I don't know. It, obviously, he's coming off an arm injury and had to build back, but just go, man. Like, let's stop trying to put athletes in a bubble. What are we doing? We're trying to predict the future. And oh, by the way, nobody can predict the future. The the only real limiting factor that I had in this in this whole thing was that he'd only thrown sixty. He's worked up to sixty five pitches. It was an abbreviated spring training. Excuse me. He said he took uh, three months off from throwing a baseball in the off season, and workload wise, just didn't seem like he was there. At what point? As I mean, if you look at his career, multi, like Cy, Cy, like you just said, Cy Young winner, no hitter, World Series. Is he just doesn't even care about personal accolades and just wants to win? Perfect games are cool, but it's not a World Series. And if he's if he's more focused on being healthy in October than throwing an extra thirty pitches, forty pitches when he's not ready to, isn't super beneficial. I don't even think a perfect game is a personal accolade. A perfect game is it's historical. It's monumental. It's it, it's bigger than. 
any one individual, right? And I, I know there's a name associated with the perfect game or the no-hitter or whatever it is, but it's iconic. It, it's literally one of those things that it stops the baseball world for days at a time. People talk about it. People remember it. It, it, it. You reflect back on things, and especially in a generation that probably needs to blend a little bit more of what used to be good about the game. And I think this is just part of the the game is just in a weird place and to that point you, you mentioned Kershaw not worried about personal accolades like it doesn't it doesn't it almost doesn't matter and oh by the way arm build up you just threw seven perfect dude like, you're as good as you've ever been what are we talking about you I, oh I'm not ready but yeah you just threw seven perfect innings there have been days you have been ready and feeling great and you got teed up in the in the second for eight runs or whatever it is and I don't know, man. I, I, the competitor in me just says go. And we're tr again, we're trying to think about what the future holds. And this, my favorite thing that I've seen in the last year, the last episode available of Man in the Arena, and of course, I'm going to revert to Brady, yes. It, he's telling the story about the Asian farmer and the he's the kid you know his son gets hurt he, he falls off a horse and hurts his legs and he's and the, everybody in the town comes by and says oh my god i'm so sorry your son hurt his legs and his answer is well, maybe maybe and the point of the maybe is we don't know what the kid hurting his legs means and the the, the fable goes that three days later the, the country went to war and they were drafting every young person to go to war and his son couldn't go because he had broken legs. So is it bad? No, it's not bad. It's, it's, it can be good. It can be bad also, but we don't know. So maybe, Hey, you're over, over 18. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're struggling. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe that lesson teaches you how not to go over 18 ever again in your career. So I don't know. Very wise. Very a lot of wisdom you're dropping on a Monday afternoon. Maybe Easter just tightened me up. You know, you never know. I had, you know, regular food. Didn't eat any Easter food, so. Well, I'm proud of you for not stricting, being strict on your diet for one day. Nice job. Thanks. Enforcement of pitch clocks at the college level. More absurdity. I, w I went back and watched the game. You're familiar with the, the play. It was LSU at Arkansas. Runs on first and second. LSU is up by one, top of the fifth. Umpire just punches him out. The third... <laughs> the third... <laughs> the umpire down the third baseline. If you listen to the game, the announcers are like, oh, here he comes. He's got the stopwatch out. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the kid, the pitch before, had a check swing. Watching it live, I didn't think he got, he went. They called him. They called it a strike. So he like took a walk. Like he, which it happens when you get a bad call. You take your time. You clear your head. You get reset. He took a walk. He was taking his sweet time getting in the box. He was trying to send a message, which is what you do. That's baseball. And I'm just like, nope, you're out. Go sit down. Every defense, get off the field. Don't have to throw a pitch. You're out. I hate it. Uh, I've had a couple DMs where it's like, you know, it's the rule. 
the the coaches voted on this, so you can't be too mad because the coaches voted on it. I just watched this. I'm like, this is just horrible, horrible baseball. I cannot stand umpires taking the game out of the hands of the players. It irritates me. It's horrible to watch. It's I, blasphemy. I have nothing. I have nothing good to say about this. There's no better word. There's no better word than blasphemy. That's done. Blasphemy. The point of the stupid rule is to try to speed the game up, and all it does is slow it down. We're talking about just this. I don't understand why people are, are, are insistent on not understanding that baseball is a living organism. Every baseball game is a living organism that's going to take on its own shapes and forms every day. Stop trying to manipulate it. It's like, you know, an amoeba is, and I, I don't, I might be wrong. I don't even know what I'm talking about, but an amoeba is like a jellyfish. It's like changes in shapes. Just let it do its thing. That's the beautiful part about it. You just don't know what you're going to get. And then it, and, and it leads to these like 10 minute, 20 minute confrontations with umpires that slow the game down ultimately. So the rule in and of itself is stupid. Nobody has to enforce it. The only time they do enforce it is when they get their feelings hurt. It's just like it's it's a it's a tactic that these umpires are using as like a oh you tried to be an ass to me I'm gonna be an ass back to you watch me I have all the power and control. It's so stupid. It's the dumbest shit I've ever seen, and I hate it. And I want to punch myself in the face when I see it. And I get frustrated because it's so easy to solve all the world's problems if somebody just lets you solve their problems. If somebody was just like, oh, this is ridiculous, and I see it. The problem is the people that are making the policies are trying to make the policies. They're not in the trenches. They don't actually live the moment. They don't have the experience. They don't get to do it. So they go, oh, it's not that big a deal. And they're willing to sacrifice any one moment or anybody that is in the trenches to create some ridiculous policy that on the surface looks good. There's not a human being on the planet that watches baseball and goes, man, the pitch clock's a good idea. Not one. Literally, I've never met a person that's like, man, the pitch clock's a good idea. And they're like, this is indispensable. Please note that producer Patrick just raised his hand. Yeah, because he record, just tries to be a contrarian show. to everything I say. That's all he does. He's like, oh, well, Chris says it. I got to be the opposite. The best part is I didn't. I didn't even say the right topic because I I have Twitter and the like off to the left of the, my show notes. This I, the topic was supposed to be about minor league baseball and how the game is sped up like thirty minutes. Uh, <clears throat> and we, I ended up talking about the LSU one because it was just I saw the video. So the rule to speed up the game. I guess the the article I read it was it essentially said. In the minor, at the minor league level, the game time got dropped by a, roughly 30 minutes. That the pitch clock, like they're shaving like three seconds off between pitches. And then if you have 300 pitches, then it's going to cut off some time. They don't have national television and regional television commercials. That's the only reason the games are shorter. And, oh, by the way, the players suck more too, so the game gets more difficult. The only, the only thing... The foot in the box thing maybe makes sense. They're, they try to do it in the big leagues, but they can't enforce it because the PA has never allowed it. Because you start to understand how important it is for every individual player to have their process when they're hitting. So many pitchers told me like, oh, you're a Randale. You're a Randale. That's part of the chess match, dude. I'm not that good at baseball. I need to beat you mentally. I need that time mentally. 
So if if you want to get the best version of me, team or player, like it doesn't matter. Like I need to do what I need to do in the box to be able to clear my my mind and clear my thoughts. Because if not, I'm gonna be screwed up. And then guess what? I'm gonna call time over and over and over again. The game just has to take on its own shape. That's it. How do you really feel about it, though? I don't even know why I talk about it because it doesn't matter what I say. Like it literally doesn't no, matter. No, it's just it's so stupid. I, the the t- the tweet that I made about the LSU game was very much to the same sentiment as your comments. Every game has its own pace and rhythm. Let it happen. Red Sox Yankee games take forever. It's part of the, It's part of it. It's it's a. There's more intensity for every pitch. There's more stress in every moment. Because it's Red Sox Yankees. You get LSU versus Arkansas. These are two, two of the top teams in the country. Conference games. It matters. And if a kid needs to step out to gather himself for a 0-2 pitch with runners in scoring position, give him a two seconds to clear his head. I don't get. I just don't get it. It's we teach hitters to try to control their emotions and be in the moment and breathe and. Then you're like, nope, get in the box. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Got to play the game. Got to go. It's so irritating. And then to go, like, then you start stepping it down and you go to tournaments and there's there's game clocks for tournaments because the game, like, has to be, the, the pitch has to be thrown within an hour and 40 minutes of the first pitch of the game or the inning can't start. And it's, you get coaches doing rain delay tactics to try to kill games so they win, and it's just baseball doesn't need a clock. It's never had a clock. The fact that there's an umpire on the field with the ability to take out a stopwatch and call somebody out. I've never felt it. more rattled than I did when I was in the minor leagues the first year they put the pitch clock in because now it's just something you're thinking about that's detracting from your ability to play the game. It was so annoying, and the umpire, when you get the umpires like get in the box, get in the box, and they would do that anyway. They if the umpires that were good have feel for those moments. Come on, let's go! Like they do it in the big leagues, like they'll give a little clap, and you're like, okay, and you don't feel resentment toward them when they do it because you understand that there's a flow to the game. That like there are times you have to take that flow away from the pitcher. There are times you have to do it. That's part of baseball. I don't under, like I don't understand if it's the commercialization of the game. Or we just, if people, if people like baseball, then they, they can't like these rules. If they, then like, just stop watching baseball. Like, I don't watch baseball. I get bored when I watch baseball. I, I, or maybe I've just watched... teach people to teach people the details of the game so they appreciate the game instead of and trying look, to change it. Th- but they're exactly like, we're trying to change a game that's existed for 150 years and Sure, make the rules better, adapt with time, change, whatever. But just, it's not, you don't, nobody's making anybody watch. That's what I don't understand. I'm not making you watch. So why, why do I need, why do people, why does everybody need to be fulfilled? Why does everybody need their feelings to be considered? It's the game, dude. It's not, it's just so stupid. Like, put yourself in the hitter's shoots for one second think about like oh i'm stressed out my girlfriend broke up with me i'm 0 for 18 i'm gonna get sent down they're moving up a prospect like there's so many considerations and the last thing you need is an umpire telling you to get in the box like dude come on really like give me the second like i get four at bats a day give me like two minutes 
you know. Did you see the, uh, I think it was Worcester, Lehigh Valley. Did you see that replay where they? Um, no, but I was there the other day. There was a, there was a game, there was a lefty pitcher. Um, they, they were calling strikes on guys for being out of the box. Triple A. I'd seen it when I was there. It was the, oh, no, it last... wasn't even they were out of the box. They weren't in the box in time. They, it was like you need to be in the box within like nine seconds 20, or something like that. Yeah, you have to. So you have to give the pitcher. There's a twenty second shot clock, and the weird thing is when it gets down to five, the hitter has to be in the box, and ready to go, and the pitcher has to be coming set before it goes to zero or something like that. And then, but the weirdest thing about it is you can just call timeout. And step out or you can be like oh i got something in my eye but you're just creating again you're creating a rule that will that will have ulterior effects because over the long run it's fine you could say that game times are speeding up the game sucks it's terrible it's brutal like you're you're affecting you're compromising players ability to be their best in any given moment and and the objective is to allow players to be their best again i don't whatever i don't it's not it's not my problem anymore. I, we're talking about it, but I, I told you I shouldn't have an opinion about this because then people are going to tell me I'm wrong and I'm going to tell them they're full of shit and then I'm going to just get in an argument that I don't need to be in. I'm trying to solve well, all the world's there, problems. I don't need to. There's going to be, it, there's always going to be trickle down for stuff like this. So it, it becomes relevant. But anyway, uh, Joe Madden, mad scientist, decides to walk Seeger. I was going to say Corey Seager. Corey Seager. Is it Corey Seager? Or yes. Corey? Maybe you should just say it. I forgot what like, Seager was. At Pelotero, I forgot what Seager. At pickle, pickle, at Pelotero, at I forgot what Seager was because the brother getting offered a thing threw me off. So base loaded. They were, uh, they were losing when he did this. The Angels were not in the lead. So the video of Mike Trout, when Trout is like looking around, trying to figure it's like wait there's a guy in first what did you see that video of trout doing like the the mental math it was great no if you, if you didn't see it it's fantastic uh but he walked yeah they were they were losing and he walked a guy uh they ended up losing thoughts on uh walking in a run when your team is already losing well i mean if i didn't the only thing i didn't look at was i didn't see if seeger's numbers were off the charts against the dude pitching i don't i don't even know who was pitching but if he's like eight for nine against a guy with four pumps, maybe just, yeah, maybe it's the right play. I don't, here's the funny thing, Bobby. There is no right play in baseball. There isn't one. Maybe it was the right play. I don't know. I, walking in a run seems egregious in a lot of ways. Bonzian treatment to somebody non-Bonzian. Just play the game, man. I, I, I just say play the game. But Joe, I respect Joe. He could do whatever he wants. I would just be like, man, it's above my pay grade. I'm not. I'm not making the decision. I like Joe Madden. Love Joe Madden, actually. Pretty weird to walk a guy when you're... It was 3-2 to two in the fourth inning. I get it. Listen, I get it. How many outs I don't get one it, out. but it there's is There's one out. So there's one out. Uh, I just... I don't I don't get it. I just try to get the guy out. You said you get it, and then you said you don't get it. I don't get it. But no, it, I don't like, get it. If I yeah. said I get it, it's I, I misspoke. Yeah, yeah, you said you get it, but watching, you don't get it. I'm watching the video because I wanted to, to rewatch this the exact scenario. So it was one out, base loaded, two to three, three to two. So they went up four two, to two with the walk. Nice. I'm just reading left to right there. Um, the pitcher looked over in the dugout like, 
really? Is that an earned run for him? Yeah, of course it is. No, not potentially. It is. There's no scenario in which it's not unless two guys get on by error. So there's a scenario where it's not. No, no, no. But you don't make two errors in an inning in the big leagues. If the the umpires can strike people out, you should give that earned run to the the umpire? um, To the manager. So Madden's going to show up in the. uh, in the uh, what if this guy's arbitration score? cage gets blown up because of one extra earned run? Which I'm I'm being dramatic now, but the arbitration element. <laughs> Can you imagine sitting in a, in a you're trying to get a player comp and it's off because the ERA is a little ticked up, and he's like, "Yeah, well, my manager intentionally walked the guy with the bases loaded." I mean, he can argue that, and and our. Again, if Seager is nine for ten with four pumps off the guy, then I, if I were the pitching, I'd be like, "Man, thank God he told me to walk him." But I don't know any of the details. So, look, just you make the decision in your gut that you think is right in the moment. That's it. That's baseball in a nutshell. And that's it. And you go from there. there the guy's name is Warren. He had only thrown four pitches, so I don't have the full. I don't have the full breakdown of this. So it's even better. He came in when the bases were loaded or when there was first Seems and second. Like so, hey, screw it. Ain't even your Ernie, dog. That's perfect. You walked in somebody else's Ernie. The, the starter's probably down the end of the dugout. Kid's got good numbers. He's he's pitching 19 games. He's 4 0 with a 185 for his career. Maybe you just try to get him out. Did, Matt, did Madden do an interview about it after or no? I didn't see anything. I'm sure he was asked about it. Yeah, I'm I didn't sure. see. I, I this is how little I cared. I about game fourteen or twelve or nine of whatever the season it is. Like I didn't even care. I didn't even go read it. And I liked Joe. You know. Hold on, we got a little note from producer Patrick here. Wanted to give the team a different look. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. <laughs> Go get him, Joe. Uh, uh, if you want to give him, if he wants to give him a different look, he can take my my goggles and wear them during the game next yeah. time too. All right, Vladdy Jr. What a what a perfect example of what we talked about last week about not be you're not as good as you think you are, not as bad as you think you are. Back to back nights. So he went uh, four for four, three homers and a double. When he got his hand stepped on. Yeah. When he got his hand stepped on by Mister Hicks. And then next night he goes four strikeouts. So back-to-back nights, he, I'm pretty sure he struck out four. Three punches. Oh, for four, three punches. Either way. One of the best nights you can have to as bad a night as you can have. There was one, one of his homers. He hit the ball not deep. Pull side homer because he's good. Uh, thoughts on Jekyll and Hyde. Guerrero. Baseball sucks. Hitting sucks, dude. It's hard. I, I don't know how many times I can say the same things over and over again, but I, I, somebody asked me about him today. Or we were talking about him this morning, actually with two separate people. And I said, and like, look at, just look at Vlad. And I, I said, you know what the beauty about Vlad is, though? I've known this kid since he was 16 years old, right? Or 15 or whatever it was. I said, the beauty about that kid is he's going to show up the field the day after of both of those, and it's going to be like his first day at the stadium. He don't give a crap about what happened yesterday because he knows it's the next at bat. 
That's it. He don't, he's not like he struck out three times that night and could have cared less by the time they were over. He probably forgot by the time he got out the shower. And that's what you have to be in baseball. You have to be this perfect blend of incredible confidence and swag and humble enough to know that the game's going to shove it up your butt every now and then and it's just going to be what it is. And you have to deal with both well. And it, I mean, you usually, you know, those polar opposite effects don't happen that to that extreme very often, but it's a, it's a good lesson for everyone to learn. Cause at the end of the day, don't nobody care about your batting average in April. It don't matter. You can hit a buck 30 in April. They're only going to look at the end of the year. That's the only one that goes on your bubble gum card. Yeah. I just thought it was a great example of, one of the best hitters on the planet, literally one of the best on the planet. Uh, how many guys are capable of doing what he can do? And he can have the best night ever, and he can have the worst night ever. And to your point, having a short memory works for both. Yeah, because you're just going to show go up and four. do it again the next day. Yeah, four for four, doesn't matter. Two for, oh for four, doesn't matter. Just got to go. When you just let go, when you can let go and just go to the field every day with a clear mind and objectives, that's why the Giannis thing was so incredible, man. I'm telling you, why would I worry about the scoring title when that's just going to get in the way of me accomplishing the things I need to accomplish every day? Just going to the field, like going to the court and trying to get better every day. Because the, the moment's gone. What are we doing? And I, I'm telling you, these are the perspectives that nobody taught me about when I was young. And they're the only things that matter to me now. Literally the only ones. And like, yeah, that realistically that all the movement and mechanics and the and the improvements that you make individually all come from the ability to be clear mentally and if you're not clear mentally you, you can't you can't even start to have those conversations so and the person that's never gone over 14 can never understand that if you've never gone over 14 you have no clue like you literally you're and this is why it's a if you want to go full circle, that's why I think it's egregious that people that didn't play the game at a high level can be coaches. Because they're, they're, they're just, they're incapable of understanding the emotional connotation that comes with those situations. But I don't have an opinion about that. Not a strong one anyway, just a very subtle, no. quiet Again, opinion. I can't solve all the world's problems. I, I have all the answers. I just nobody will let me. Just, you know. You've got to pick your battles. Uh, Alec Bohm said he doesn't like Philly, and he had better words than that, more choice words. Made a couple errors. Sounds like maybe the fans were on him a little bit. Camera picked up him saying, I effing hate this place, and then he owned it, which I thought was awesome. Then he got a standing ovation the next night. Any thoughts, reactions to this whole scenario? Wah. Wah. And I don't think he owned it as much as somebody was like, dude, you need to go change that. And he was like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. So I don't get mean tweets and Instagram messages tonight. And the fans gave him as sarcastic of a standing ovation as anybody's ever gotten in baseball. If you play in the Northeast anywhere, anywhere from Pennsylvania, up, you just better be ready for it, man. You better be ready to get destroyed. It's just what it is, man. You signed up for it. You, this is your job. If you suck, they're going to jump down your throat. Like, just deal with it. It is what it is, man. Like, just shut up and play. And 
nobody likes getting booed, but you better have some armor ready for those moments. And this is the problem with trying to make everything easy for people. It's like, it's not easy. Real life's not easy. Big league careers are not easy. And yeah, he owned it or whatever in the interview. Like, dude, it ain't the fan's fault you didn't catch the ball. You didn't catch the ball. You didn't throw the ball. Well, he caught it actually every time. All what do you think? What do you think that when he said, I don't like this place, do you think he was referring to Philadelphia? Do you think it was referring more to the organization and like dynamics on the field? Was it he just was referring the... to the boo birds coming out of the stands. That's what he was referring to. Cause it ain't the field. It, it ain't the org. I'm telling you. If you're upset that people are booing you after making three errors, that's you got some Charmin for you. Go cry somewhere else, man. He's Go cry so somewhere else. Show notes, he's referring to the fan city. It's, t- it's a tough look if you're complaining about your fans when you make three errors and they boo you. How it's great is it to play in a place where people care? How incredible is it to play in a place where people care enough to boo you? That's, you can't. In the moment, people can't understand these things. And like, yeah, he said, and Pe- producer Patrick just said this. He, he said in the interview, his emotions got the best of him. And I'm like, look, dude, your emotions can get the best of you. But this is part of the armor that I'm talking about having to build on your way up. Like, we can't make it easy for people. We can't make it easy coming up through the system. Because if we do, they're going to get into the lion's den and they're going to get chewed up and spit out. It's supposed to be hard. It, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Everybody get to the big leagues. My grandfather would have played in the big leagues. You know, it's not supposed to be easy. You're supposed to be a one of one of one, an alpha, a, an elite. Uh, like, and, and so much of that is about having thick skin and immunity. If you watch, if you watch, uh, I've been watching uh, the show, the Lakers show, Winning Time. Um, it's a story about when Jerry Buss bought the Lakers and stuff like that. And they do a really good job of depicting the, the older game. And they'll show, show some scenes on the court. And last night's episode was uh, the first time the Lakers played the Celtics after Magic got there. It was Magic versus Bird. And they were like mother effing each other on the court. And it, like, you better be ready for that stuff. Because like, so much of, of being a competitor is like getting dominated mentally and emotionally. And you gotta be ready for it. Like I'm telling you, that happened to me when I first got to Big Leagues. I was like, "Oh my God, it's Scherzer. Oh, it's Verlander." Instead of, "No, dude, I'm gonna alpha male you," and you'll see those relationships form in body language with players. It's like, dude, you're gonna make mistakes. Come to terms with it. You're gonna you're gonna mess up. You're a human being. How do you put on that that persona? How do you build that that armor? Build that mental equity. Put that equity in the bank to say. I'm above it. I'm stronger than this because I know I'm human and I'm going to make mistakes. I have to learn to deal with them. I just have to learn to deal with it. You have to have armor. If you don't have armor, you can't be great. Fair. Very fair point. Speaking of having armor. Yeah, Kyrie (laughs) ain't got none of that. Kyrie Irving is going double birds to the fans in Boston. So Kyrie... Irving uh, went from Cleveland to Boston. Now he's with the the Nets. 
lot of stuff going on with Kyrie between flat earth and vaccinations and just a lot going on. He's got a lot going on. Being uh, friendly with the Boston Celtics fan base is not one of the things he's got going on. So the question is from a bearing of responsibility standpoint, how much does the athlete need to manage that and not, I mean, he, he put both hands behind his head and double birded the, the, the fan base. Talk about fanning some flames there. If he thought it was bad before, you're basically saying like, Hey, here's an open wound. If you want to get under my skin, just keep going. When people have no feel it, this is how it manifests itself. Right. And now he's talking about being, you know, the dark side of Kyrie or whatever. And it's fine. Right. And each individual is allowed to act however they want. They're allowed to say and do whatever they want within the, the confines of, you know, what is normally socially acceptable, whatever, blah, 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 yada, yada. The, one of the biggest lessons that I learned and, uh, a, a former mentor of probably both of ours, Paul Caniani, used to say this to me. He goes, listen, as a, per- as a person, as a personality, you're allowed to be good or you're allowed to be bad. And I don't care which one you are as long as I know which one it is. He goes, the one thing you can't be with me for me to trust you is inconsistent. You can't try to be both. You can't try to play both sides of the coin. Like you can't be the hero one day and the villain the next. And I think one of the things that humans detect way better as you know the bullshit detector whatever you want to call it one of the things that human beings do a really good job of is deciphering through authenticity right they can see when you're not being authentic they can see when you're they can feel when you're being fake and and an interview is just for a soundbite and i think Kyrie has done that to himself in the past where he's put himself in these situations where he wants to be one way one day and another way another day. And it's like, that's where the problems lie. That, 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 that's the issue. If you're the same every day and you just are consistent with your personality and consistent with your words, consistent with your tone and your mannerisms, ain't nobody ever going to have a problem with you. But when you're inconsistent, oof, you're opening up some doors. Yeah. Absolutely. From a coaching standpoint, if you're if you're looking at this from the perspective of like a coach, knowing who you're going to get, it's easier to write your name in a lineup card when you know who you're going to get. Uh, from a teammate standpoint, what guy showing up? If if it's a coin flip, if you're going to be happy or sad, like going back to Vladdy, you know who you're going to get. It makes it a lot easier to to just show up and understand what is showing up that day. The thing that's incredible about it's, Kyrie is how nasty he is, though. This dude so talented. is so good. Like, he is so good. And I wish he would just shut the F up and play. It, he, he would, he'd either be better off like talking all the time or never saying anything. Because, okay, now you've put on this persona. You know, He's like, oh, it's the dark side. Now he said that in an interview. All right, cool. Be dark all the time. Be a dick all the time. That's great. I can deal with it. I know who you are. Just be the heel. That's I want LeBron to do that so bad. Like I feel like LeBron wants to be like so bad. And if he just tried to just steamroll everybody and just dominate down the court and just be that player, it'd be easier to embrace. But he's just he's on the fence about stuff. 
Kyrie's super talented. He's so talented. Um, but he's I it's I might watch the game just to see what happens. It's like now at an entertainment level. I would watch the game just to watch the Celtics play right now if I were you because it's pretty, pretty impressive. I'm just I'm not a big NBA guy, so Tatum was like in the Matrix when he caught that ball. The last play, no, you know. Seems like he a lot of guys doesn't call around. a timeout. Jalen Brown drives baseline, but then like maturity to pull back, knowing how much time there is, gets to the middle, past the smart, smart pump fakes. Two guys crash. Tatum's crashed into the hoop. Horford with the seal. Now Kyrie's the only one there. Tatum catches it in slow motion. I watched a replay of that 86 times last night. Spin, like Tatum was catching it as he was already spinning because he knew Kyrie would either try to take a charge or like swat at the ball. But he was already into the spin. I mean, it was pretty it was epic, slick. dude. What? It, was a, it was a slick play. I saw the play. It was a mature basketball play for a bunch of dudes who have been considered immature for a long time um, and not quite there. Jason Tatum's 23 or 24. Like, it's insane. This guy's going to be so – I watched an interview Durant did talking about how nice he's going to be. Dude's special, man. It's pretty impressive. And Brown's really, like, embracing being – like that fringe superstar slash second role guy, but really good at the same time. And Smart plays the best defense I've ever seen. Horford's the glue guy, man. I'm t- Horford and Tice are the glue guys. When they got Tice back, I was like, it's on. You don't care. You don't know basketball. It's fine. I just don't. I, I know Brown. I know Tatum. I know Smart. The other guy, Tice, I don't know who that is. Dude, he's a legend. Big I white just guy. Don't, I don't watch a lot great, of basketball. Great pick and roll guy. He knows how to seal with the best of them. One of my favorites. And then he'll just casually, he's a he's a European guy. Casually pop out, shoot a three every now and then. It looks good. It's great. He's a great second five in the NBA or second four slash five. So we're going. Let's, we're going to divulge into post show here. Um, is Zion Williamson? What's wrong with him? Nothing. They just won't let him play because he's yeah. It's just like more doing predictive. like three sixty oh. dunks. Yeah, he might be, he might get hurt if he could get hurt on the day that it rains in on a Tuesday in April. So we got to shut him down. It's the same reason why Clayton Kershaw it didn't finish the the perfect game or have a chance to. But are they gonna because try to trade him or get rid of no, him? No, because somebody in a training room is like is putting a some you know heart monitor about stress evaluator whoop strap thing on him and going. Yeah, he's probably going to get hurt if we do this. But, th- like, the percentage of getting hurtness is probably 58 to 42. And so, really, it's just a coin flip, which is how life is because we can't predict the future. So, they're taking away the opportunity of one of the best young players in the game from playing. Is Jordan, did you watch The Last Dance? You saw The Last Dance when Jordan... When Jordan was trying to come back for the playoffs and um, uh, what the hell's his name? Reinsdorf didn't, they were trying to shut him down and they, then they put him on a minutes restriction and, and Jordan, Jordan was like, he's talking to the doctor and doctor's like, Hey, well, you know, you could get really seriously hurt. And Jordan's like, what are the chances I get seriously hurt? He's like, probably like 10% chances of career ender. And he's like, if I gave you, 
if I gave you 10 pills and told you nine of them would make you feel better and one of them was a poison pill, like, would you take a chance at taking it? He goes, well, well how bad's my fucking headache? He goes, how bad's my fucking headache? And I'll make a decision. He's like, man, like, there's a 90% chance I don't get hurt, so just let me play. Like, it, just embrace the moments. We've got to do a better job of embracing moments in the world instead of being like, oh, well, we can't. We can't, because this might happen. Like, every time you drive a car, you might get in an accident. Does that stop you from driving? What the hell are we doing? Yeah. I don't, have, I don't have strong opinions about this at all. When you stop living your life or stop doing things at a potential risk or not, like a 10% risk is not a big risk. I mean, look at the way of the world right Every, now. Right? And everything's, yeah, everything's got a risk. Uh, Albert Pujols, I, I almost let off with this, but Albert Pujols went, yeah, yeah. He went deep. It was like 109 off the bat. He's got a super, super narrow stance with the leg kick going. I don't like that for him sustainability-wise. But man, if this, I hope this guy gets to uh, seven hundred homers, it's an inconsistent pattern for him, and I hate pants up Albert. But man, do I love Cardinals uniform Albert! It's awesome to see him in a Cardinals uniform. It's just, like he never it left. It's back. been like it's been like ten, eleven years, ten years. It's been a while. It's insane, bro. We're so old. It'd be like uh, like if Cal Ripken left the Orioles for 10 years and then came back and hit a homer. It just looks right. It's just, it's, we talked about this recently, how different players have different brands. Like Jeter's a Yankee, no matter what. Pools to me is a Cardinal, no matter what. We live in a generation where nobody's allowing that to happen. Freeman's a brave, no matter what. It's just, dude, it's not allowed to happen anymore. Mookie's a Red Sox, no matter what. It's just not allowed to happen. I don't think Mookie Mookie wasn't there long enough for me. I mean, yeah, because he wasn't even at, really free agency i don't think yeah but, but at the same time like he's an iconic player he'd made himself into an iconic player as a red sox if you're if you build yourself into an icon of the game within six ten whatever years it is right however many years it is and you're becoming an icon for the game you should be an icon for that team period and if, and, if uh let me ask you this if if mookie had to stop playing right now and he was gotten to the hall of fame is he a Red Sox or a Dodgers on the? On I, the I don't even think that's a question. That's not even a question. He would, I, there, unless he has pent up anger toward Boston for doing what they did. He's, it's Red Sox. He won a World many, Series here. Won an MVP here. Yeah, hasn't done. Many, he he won the World Series with the Dodgers, but I mean it was. How many years does he have to play in in LA for that to change? I mean, you, you got to trump it by at least three or four years. Which, I mean, if he plays out his contract there, then then he will be. But it, he's a likely. I mean, it depends on how long the Dodgers are going to try to be a superpower for. <clears throat> you know, and how long they're going to try to keep three hundred million dollar payrolls, which is probably forever because they have the money. The money. I think it's going to be forever. Uh, any other stories? Jordan Spieth won this weekend. Nice to see. He won on. He's won on Easter the last two years. Which is just interesting. Next year, the Masters is on Easter. I got a story. So, okay. Rutgers second to thirty in college baseball. Thirty. If thirty six. wins. Rutgers, Rutgers is good. Knights. They're legit, man. They're making walk off win. They were down nine eight on Sunday. Solo homer, solo homer to walk it off. And I turned it on in the ninth because I knew there was some magic happening. 
Alabama beat Tennessee on Friday. Our guys are just doing it, man. They're doing it. They're coming with it. Duke with a sweep in Notre Dame, top twenty-five Notre Dame. After just, they're just coming out of the out of the basement again, like you thought they were gonna. But Rutgers is second team to thirty wins in Division One. Pretty good. Any other teams really making noise? The uh, there was some drama in uh, Tennessee with uh, Alabama. With Alabama, yeah. Alabama beat Tennessee. Tennessee lost midweek to Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech with yeah. wood bats. And there, I, I saw one thing that said that there's rumors about the bats at Tennessee maybe being a little jumpier than other teams. Um, then they lost a wood bat game, so it was like, oh, look, they that proves that their bats are illegal, blah, blah, blah. They have 87 uh, homers in 36 games. They're Tennessee's really good. Um, yeah, right. Did you see the Did you see the umpire, the umpire home head coach interaction? We got a chest bump. He's got to get suspended for sure. So did you hear the Did you hear why this all happened? I got I watched. I went back and watched it. the game. Yeah, I'm. I'm so the I'm pitching coach. So the Alabama. Ha- so they weren't stealing signs. The catcher was like, here, take our signs, basically. He was like, had him in a bad spot. So either the first base coach and the third base coach both had the signs. And they were getting relayed to the hitters, because why wouldn't you? Because if you're telling me the signs, I'm going to take them. And uh, the pitching coach was like so mad. And he's old. And I guess he he just started in the middle of the first inning, just started mother effing everyone. He's like, and he ran out on the field. And then he like turned to the Alabama dugout like, I'm going to kick your ass. And somebody from the Alabama dugout's like, bro, you're 70. You're going to need to pump the brakes a little bit. And, and then he got thrown out. And then the head guy came out. I didn't understand why the head guy was coming out. Because... There was beef last year. So last year, the same umpire... Got him in the College World Series for something. There was beef. There was there was also the umpire looked like uh, you just pulled landscaping duty from Happy yeah. Gilmore. Yeah, this Fu Manchu, uh, Ben Stiller. Yeah, but, but I don't understand. Yeah. Like why why like why were they screaming? Like if you if you don't like what the other team's doing, just dot a guy or two. And like I told you, it's just that's how you respond. And supposedly Tennessee didn't like the way Alabama celebrated on the field, and I didn't really watch what they did on Friday night. They, but that's they, a big win for them. And d- by the way, the announcers the next day, who were Tennessee announcers, said they definitely didn't cross the line. They definitely did not cross the line. Well, they got excited, but if you've watched Tennessee play this year at all, I mean, they got they guys- punk everybody everything they get loud yeah. with there was somebody hit a homer that i saw the other day like pumping fists around Jordan first base Beck, yeah back be back turned around halfway to second base dude if you're gonna do that other teams are gonna respond like if you bring emotion out you're gonna get emotion back when you're I, number I, I, one in the land upset. yeah when you're get number the, one in the land and you're bringing attention to yourself which you probably have to to be really good they're 33 and three for god's sakes like they're very good w- like when you get that target that bullseye it's like when Tex- texas lost to texas state first time they did the horns down thing bro you all the negative attention that you're getting is because you're you, you were bringing it like you were doing some disrespectful stuff to other teams whether it was beating them 20 to nothing or like your guys were punking some stuff and 
So you better just expect it. And then, like, if you know what the best answer is, just beat the shit out of somebody. I think the like, best answer is just kind of laugh at it. Like, yeah, okay, exactly. I see you. Okay, let's see what happens tomorrow. Let's. And let's then go. when I when I hit one to Brazil and I hold it there, and then they sh the kids from Tennessee should be giving disinterested backflips. Like, oh my God, like this is too easy. Shouldn't have thrown it there, because that's how good they are. Tennessee's very, very good. Their Friday night guy is a freshman. He's a stud. I saw him pitch against Vanderbilt. Just the dude that throws like a thousand comes out of the bullpen. He doesn't even. He's he not even a weekend. I know he's not even a weekend guy. He's like, oh, we're gonna use you as the closer or whatever it is. Yep. But okay. Alabama swung the bats nice against them. They have a really good offense. Alabama did a nice job. They, I mean, they. I think Alabama's one of the better offenses in the country from what I've seen. Tennessee is the offense. Rutgers and Alabama are most certainly in the conversation. Florida can hit. Um, it's fun, man. Like I'm, I'm excited. I think I told I told my guys I was like, hey man, uh, just give me a reason to go to Omaha, man. I'd, I'd like to go watch the College World Series. So go Scarlet Knights. Invested. Roll Tide. They Best. got a lot of their whole lineup hits. They got Brito like down the lineup and Brito rakes. Dude, they, they, he just yeah, came out you, cold this year, right? Yeah, you. But you should you should see the other guys. Lasco's a monster. Santa Maria is really good. Samillo is a monster. He's like four thirty with like seven or eight bombs already. Lasco and Santa Maria are gritty. Just both with pop, little guys. Kuroda Grower has established himself now. You know, Evan Slight obviously having a he's our guy having a nice little year. Um, they're good, man. They're good. Like they're deep. They 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 have four outfielders that would be probably like the three hitter on every other team. They're just deep. They're they're hitting the as kid a team three twenty one. The kid that hit the walk off yesterday is like not even an everyday guy. He and he's got two or three homers and Jordan Sweeney. He's a and and but they've all established their role and you should have seen the celebration it was awesome. It's cool. Go Rutgers, man. I never thought I'd say that. They got a good walk to strikeout ratio. They they just got they're good. They they're playing good defense. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh anything else? No, that's it, man. I'm done. What's I'm done. uh what let's go just do a quick NBA playoff recap because I'm curious. Who's who's gonna win? Who's like who's the team to beat? Celtics. <clears throat> who's the team to beat? Celtics. The Bucks? Literally. The Celtics are the team to beat. The Celtics have played this in the West, Phoenix is the team. But Chris Paul is still a magician. Devin Booker's awesome. Um, the, the last night they just literally manhandled. Um, why am I blacking out? Uh, they're not. They're playing uh, New Orleans, and they they just manhandled them. Like Chris Paul was like literally doing whatever he wanted and went for thirty. But the Celtics, the Celtics are the team in the East. They've the Celtics have the best record in basketball since like December 19th or something like that. And they've, they've literally beat all the people that are contenders. They beat the bucks. They beat the Suns, uh, they beat the warriors all at full strength. Well, they didn't technically Steph got hurt against them when they beat them, but, uh, the Celtics, if they, if when Rob Williams comes back, I mean, this will be the, this will be the series that they need to get by. And then obviously Celtics bucks will be kind of, I think the thing that everybody the nuts targets. are good because they've got 
premier players, right? Is that uh, the, the, so? Charles Charles and Shaq both said it last night on Inside the NBA. Said in order for the Nets to win, Durant and Irving need to play great. Like they they can't like KD had like a little a little bit subpar game last night and they lost. They they're gonna get they're not big, they have no size. So they can't out rebound the other team. So they got out rebounded, I think, by twenty six last night or something like that. And and Shaq was like, Well, they're not gonna get taller. <laughs> they can't get taller. So him and Barkley, Shaq and Barkley are the inside the NBA funny. is the greatest uh, Ernie and, and Shaq and Kenny, what a blend. There's like actually a documentary about it. It's pretty cool. Um But dude, I'm telling you, like if if Kyrie and, and Durant don't play perfect they can't win and that's why where the celtics the celtics don't need brown and tatum to play perfect because if they don't play great like horford horford went for horford had a monster game i think he was 20 and 15 yesterday um smart had 20 uh and then they got guys off the bench to come in and score guys like tice uh pritchard um the other kid the the guard what the heck's his name uh go williams white pritchard off the bench. Uh, yeah. Well, and like Grant Williams is like a role player. The more Grant Williams doesn't play, the better the Celtics are, I think. He's a good Blake, like Blake Griffin didn't seven get minutes time. a day game. Blake Griffin didn't even get minutes. Yeah. Should probably get Blake out on the floor. Uh, Producer Patrick loves how much I love Blake Griffin. I just he's a name that I know, so I think he should yeah. be out there. LaMarcus Aldridge, is that is that who's on that team? Yes. He's hurt. He doesn't play anymore? He's, he's hurt. hurt. Yeah. What about uh I was gonna say what's the guy, the beard? Um but he got traded to Philly? Yeah, Simmons is uh still is what's what's the deal with Simmons? First of all, Simmons is a lefty trying to shoot righty. He's or like is a righty a, trying to shoot lefty? Like he's like a little kid. He's like a like he's is he Alec hurt Bohm. though? Is he hurt? Yeah, game four or game five. They're saying he'll come back. But has he been played all year? Well, he, he had his feelings. What's hurt? hurt? In Philly. Is that his injury feelings? When he was in when he was in Philadelphia, it was his feelings. That's why he wasn't playing. And why is he playing now? Back, back injury. How did he hurt his back if he never played? No, he played when he got traded. Oh. He didn't play when he got traded. He I didn't think he played at all. So you got a you got a you got a back without playing from riding the pine. Got hurt yeah, ramping up. Come on, dude, you're an elite athlete. Just be in shape. What are we talking no, he's about? So, he got dude, he's soft. Up. He's so soft. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Anyway, is he a lefty that shoots righty or righty that shoots lefty? It's one of the two. He shoots with the wrong hand for sure. He's left-handed. So he's a, he's a, he's a he can't shoot, so it doesn't matter. He's trying to figure out how to shoot, but he can't shoot. J.J. Redick said that he's shooting with the wrong hand. I believe He that. refuses to shoot in a game. Like, he won't shoot because he's afraid to. Pretty talented and upside yeah. for the guy, right? Just this is not shoot. worth our time talking about him. <laughs> Celtics and five. Serious. Let's go. Celtics and five. Pickle out. <laughs>